In episode 1.3 of Unshuffled, we have an intercontinental discussion about the third Atomic Bitchwax album, Atomic Bitchwax 3. But first, here's our awesome intro music from Seven Planets. Scotty D. <laughs> Matt, it is good to see you again. Yeah, you too. You too, brother. From the other side of the world. We we, should, we traveled far for this one. Well, you we, did. Uh, well, I did. Hmm. We're not in Kansas I anymore. Am, we're not. I am coming to you from a house in the middle of the Green Mountains in Vermont. Yeah. I am absolutely respecting social distancing as my nearest neighbor is about a 15 minute drive. Yeah. You took that literally. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, nice and chilly up there too. I imagine. Oh Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was, it's, it's been snowing. In fact, uh, today it did get, it did get above freezing. So Ooh, that was, that was exciting. T-shirt, t-shirt weather. That's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> It was exciting. Yeah. Well, we've ended um, up staying put, as you know, in, in Jakarta. Right. Um, figuring that sometimes the best course of action is no action at all. So here we are. We're still here. And so here it is amidst all of this, amidst this this chaos, this uncertainty, mm. and this madness. Yep. We persevere. The show must go on. Atomic, big, atomic Bitch Wax number three. Yeah. Yeah, we can't stop this project. Nothing will stop us. Um, number three. Hmm. Um, I said we're not in Kansas anymore, and I kind of had that feeling with this album on like this is something different. Hey, when what for me it was the very just even the very first. The first few seconds of track one, I, I found yeah. myself going, wait a second. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what happened? That's <laughs> not what I signed up for. Um, yeah. Anyway, look, uh, welcome back to Unshuffled. Listeners, wherever you are around the world, ho- hopefully you're bunkering down in some degree of style. Hopefully you've got a nice stack of CDs or, or vinyl uh, to keep you occupied. Um, so yeah, I mean, even the darkest cloud has a silver lining. Getting the chance to just stay home, listen to some music, I guess, is some is uh, some solace at this very difficult time for everyone around the world. So, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, and yeah, keep keep up the music listening and, and keep buying CDs. It's a great way to support those bands that would otherwise be touring and uh, would otherwise be out there earning some money, they really rely on their fans at the moment, more than ever. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, Unshuffled, we're working through album by album, track by track. Our band is Atomic Bitchwax, and we are, as you said, up to the third album, Atomic Bitchwax 3. 
So this one was released in wait, real quick before. Did you hear that Testament had the band Testament had coronavirus? Yeah, I heard someone in in the band. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of news filtering in. You know, every day there's oh yeah, that person is affected, and you know that person has the virus. But yeah, I didn't. I did hear that. So I just. I didn't mean to interrupt this, but I was just Chuck Billy just gave a, his whole breakdown of his process of and his experience with it. It's it's an interesting read. I think it was in Rolling Stone. All right. Oh, yeah. Anyway, here put, we go. So put a link to it. I, I put it up. Show so notes. the release date for this was June seventh, two thousand five. Now, mm. the what we didn't we didn't talk about the was it Spit Blood EP which came out in two thousand two. So mm. there's three years between this and that, but. Mm -hmm. Five years between this and Atomic Bitchwax 2. Yep. Um, so this was June 7th, 2005, um, produced by Atomic Bitchwax. And again, Eric Rachel yep. uh, recorded again at Traxy Studios in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. The lineup has changed. Yes. <clears throat> we, knew this was, we knew this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> we can't and, say we didn't. <laughs> and so what... The and that the explanation, as I understand it, they wrote and toured for a full so from the time that Mundell left to when they got Finn Ryan, the new guitar player and singer. Mm. Um, they wrote and toured for a good solid year before finally going into the studio with new music, right? So, a lot of time was put into this. Just to, yes. Mm. Just to put that out there. So yep. lineup then, Chris Kosnick again on bass and sometimes on vocals. Mm -hmm. uh, Finn Ryan, guitar, vocals. Keith Ackerman on drums. Yes. And uh, our, our man Ackerman. Ackerman. And, well, I'll hold it until we get to the track by track. But Chris Kosnick, when he was, there was, I think you put, put this up on the show notes, actually. I think I got this from one of the interviews you put up. But he had mentioned that when they talked about sort of the, the sharing of vocal duties, he had mentioned that speaking of himself in the third person, that the bass player was able to focus on his instrument. Right. And that, and that the better man was now singing. Okay. Which I got, I, meh, I'm not sure I agree. But yeah, we'll get into that. I mean, we'll Kosnick still, still does his share on the vocals as well. He hasn't completely yeah. relinqu relinquished his duties there. Um, and I've got some thoughts on his singing um, throughout this album as well. Um, yeah, so I don't have what I don't have, and again, no physical media. Apologies, band, and and uh, apologies, record label. This one was, I think, the hardest one to get my hands on so far. Yeah. As of the next one, I'm hoping to have physical media for all the rest of the albums. Although I must say, they left Dallas on March the fourth, and there's been no sign of that. My big batch of Bitchwax albums seems to be stuck somewhere. I'm imagining some guy, in, some Indonesian guy in the customs office with a big stack of CDs on his desk, just working his way through them. There's been a bit of a thing out there. I'm not sure if you've heard, but yeah, that, might, that, might, that might have slowed things down a bit. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, I'm worried that the sort of racy nature of the covers has upset some oh. sensibilities. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that's actually that's a fair point. Mm. Um, but not on the fourth one. The fourth one seemed that's the one with the 
Yeah, give me the octopus at least. <laughs> huh, yeah. Anyway, we'll um, we'll find out. Right. Um, so what I what I haven't been able to see is the songwriting credits track by track of you. I, I mean, they're probably out there somewhere. Um, no, I have not. I've not been able to find it either. I kind of, I guess, what I went with, and I don't. But with the Beatles, it was just basically whoever was singing was the lead guy on the songwriting. Right. And I wondered if that was the case here. And I also kind of what I listened for is that the there are some songs that sound starkly different. Yes. And then there are other songs where it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Here's a little bit of what I'm familiar with. And so I kind of I kind of gauged it on that as well. Yeah, that was a big thing for me as I as I was listening through, it was like, oh, old bit well, new bits wax, yeah. old bits wax, new bits wax. Yeah, I mean, and it was you know very easy to sort of separate the two. <clears throat> um, but even on new bitch wax, and I'll save this for my mm. struggle with the uh, the brown low or the down low or whatever we're calling it. But yeah. um, there were there are layers to the songs for better or for worse. They're now the songs are definitely more layered than yes. they have been. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I'll save that for when we get to that part of the discussion. Yep. I think part of that um, perhaps comes from having the extra vocal option now, yeah. um, which allows for more harmonizing and there's some sort of vocal rounds that they do in some of the songs that, um, you know, gives certainly adds a bit of depth in, in the vocal department. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they have lost Mandel here. Uh, which is a big loss. He was your three-vote winner on the last album and my three-vote winner on the first album. I mean, it really was, um, you know, that as much as we love the rhythm section of this band, um, Mundell really did shine when he had to on those first two albums. So my first concern was how what's this going to be like without him? without that sort mm. of virtuoso on, on guitar. Um, but, you know, so and they have lost some of that sort of shredding uh, capability, but then you've got to look at what they've gained as well, and, and a, a good singer is is one of the things. My, my first, and I don't know, my first thought of this when I was listening to it was that they're, it, it's no longer a side project. Right. So with the first two albums, it could have been they were fun, mm -hmm. um, but they weren't. I don't know, not saying they weren't trying to make money, but it. Now you kind of get the sense that this is everybody's primary job. Yep. Right. With with this third album, and and I do monster mag. No monster magnet's going to cycle back in later, mm. but. Right now, at this point in time, when they're making this album, Monster Magnet is no longer a shadow hanging over anyone. Right, yep. this is their their primary gig. Yep. And I think you get a sense of that, just even with the fact the lack of instrumentals. Yep. Yep. Uh, what is it? One. Everything's right, and everything is sort of constructed into 
you know, it's, you know, three to four minutes in and out. Yeah, I did notice the same, you know, just when I'm looking at the track listing on, on the computer, I did notice, oh, four minutes, four minutes, four minutes. They're all sort of, uh, except for, um, you know, a couple of them. They, mm -hmm. they tend, you know, they tend to stick around that four-minute mark. They're, they're very much self-contained songs, most of them. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo, verse, chorus kind of thing. Um, right. So none of them goes over. Not a not a song on here goes over four minutes thirty seconds, and that's only one. There are a couple that are even at you know three minutes. But whereas even the last the EP had songs still touching on seven minutes. Yep. And so I think that's I don't know felt notable. Yep. Yeah, there's no formula or, or solid on this. There is an experimental one, but um, they do keep it shorter. Mm. Mm. Um, I might say of your sort of summary, like, did you like it or not? We, perhaps we can get to that at the end. Um, okay. And we can go track by track, perhaps. Are you ready to do that? We need to yeah. go up Do you want to first, though, right? Right, okay. So Wes Benscoder was the designer. Yep. Um, he did. He also did the Spit Blood EP. Oh, that was him too. Okay. Uh, and and then he's also he's done several for Slayer, Vader. He did one for Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. uh, this though stylistically, these two, this one and the Split Blood EP are pretty different if you look at sort of the collection of the other albums and stuff he's done a lot of the the artwork he's done is is really sort of <laughs> orbit and and you know the focus on sort of the, like the just the the realistic the realism and the grotesque yep um a lot of a lot of sacrificial bodies whereas that's not his his work with uh atomic bitch wax is doesn't go down that road yeah i actually quite like the cover I, lo I love the look of that video game um and then i do too with the pinball the pinball machine the pinball game no, sorry yeah um do you know yeah. the score on the pinball game that's a little bit of trivia for you no uh 39 394,470 is the is the current score that the girls got it up to so she's obviously pretty good at it um huh I don't know the significance of that number. Maybe there's some cosmic meaning to it. Um, but yeah, I love it. Huh. It's got a cool sort of devil guy and a spaceship on the on the pinball game, and then on the back cover, there's uh, just the devil guy and and the you know. So they've just taken an aspect of the pinball game and just used that solely for the back cover. Ah, see, I didn't see that, but the I didn't see the back yeah. cover. But I was thinking, like, looking at the the pinball, and I was like, that that alone would have made a really cool cover. Yeah, I think so. I, I tend but to agree. Like a... um, I believe they only printed the lyrics to one of the songs in the liner notes. Did you if know I that? Had a gun. Yeah. Uh, no. That's. Uh, I believe they only printed it, the lyrics to the passenger. Oh, okay. If I had a gun, were the only lyrics I could find online. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, they certainly didn't. We're not. Well, I didn't. We're not missing big lyric sheets. In fact, the lyrics are hard to find generally, but they're generally pretty audible anyway. I did think I will say though that 
the they or either they or Mr. Ryan, somebody stepped up their lyric game. I will say the lyrics are definitely more nuanced on this album than they have been. Absolutely. And I made a note of a couple of those through as we get through the songs. A couple of times where I thought, oh, that's not a bad lyric. And that, yep. there was nothing like that on, on the first two albums. The lyrics were very much just, you know, secondary considerations in those first couple. Hmm. Track by track. All right. Let's do it. Um, Let's go. So with the Destroyer, track one, my first thought was this is where I kind of heard it was just this was where I was like, what's going on here? And mm. then and then the drums come in. And I was yep. immediately, immediately like, Ackerman's back. I yep. do. I, we talked about this last time. I definitely feel like uh, Keith Ackerman was missing mm-hmm. on the last album. Yep. And he's he's fully back on this one. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it's the record. I don't know. If, again, I don't know if it's the quality of the version that I have, but I can hear him now the way that I could the first album and couldn't the second album. And yeah. so I immediately dismissed whatever notions of skepticism I had when I heard those drums kick in. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah. There's a few other uh, bitch wax ingredients that they bring back for this song too. Um, there's some space lasers midway through yeah. the song. Right before um, the song. There was a hint of maybe the baseball's effect or, or something similar uh, during the, the solo. Um, and a real rumbling bass line from Chris Kosnick um, that mm. sits underneath this whole song. You can see how hard he's working. There's a link to a live version of this song. And if you just watch his fingers on the bass guitar throughout, I mean, he is uh, working that thing, Um, especially, yeah, I mean, during the solo, it's almost like a bass solo more than a guitar solo. You know, he's working that hard. Um, So, yeah, I I was encouraged by by this song greatly. It does have some different production, but it's got, like, this is a, a... Def, definitely a, an atomic bitchwax song, right? Uh, you ought to know, and you can't win. Those two tracks, I sort of, I kind of lump them. They, they, in my own head, they sort of fit together. Mm. In that, you ought to know reminds me kind of of early so first off anybody looking for metal on this album is i think going to be somewhat let down yep um it has definitely geared more towards rock whatever that means but there's even mm-hmm. a poppier kind of edge yeah. happening here yeah um and you ought to know felt like sort of early queens of the stone age mm-hmm uh, and you can't win. Felt like early Foo Fighters. Yeah. And so the, the two kind of felt like a like a split Queens Foo Fighters B side. Yeah, yeah. Collection, I guess. Yeah. See, I, I even lumped uh, the fourth song, Dark Chi, in with those two in in my the way I grouped the album in my head. So I had the next okay. three songs together before the before the cover as similar 
new new bitchwax songs each with their own um you know i mean they're not the same but they're, they're similar in my mind in in this you know they're sort of three four minute poppy uh poppy songs right um darchi though i like more yeah, i mean I, not that i don't but but of those three i get what you're saying uh i really like the groove on dark chi yeah i think Although of the three dark chi is my favorite yeah you can't win kind of did start off with a cool 70s groove yep. but uh, and it, but dark chi i straight you know from start to finish of mm. of the first four tracks that was the first one where i was like all right where i I, I I would go back and listen to that one again, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So back to your order. No, I mean, it, it, it's tempting. It, it, they had a, there's got a real breezy sound. I, I think breezy is, is the word that I wrote. It, it's much lighter and catchier than, than the first two albums. I almost thought, I almost used the word effortless. Hmm. Um, because it is so breezy, but there is effort there, and, and to me, the effort is in the bass. Um, it's still got the, those rumbling cosmic bass lines that, that carry the songs. Certainly, something new here. The lyrics again are better. Um, I, I jotted down burn off this love and hate with gasoline and acetate as one, you know, just something that I thought, oh, we wouldn't, wouldn't have got anything like that on the first two albums. Um, but yeah. Still rock, but much breezier and catchier. But, you know, sometimes effortless can be an insult. I, I don't mean that to sound insulting in this one. It's just easier. It just sounds a bit easier on the ear, not necessarily right. easier to play. Right. Um, I, I was, no, I was, they do, they do every now and then they'll throw in a cover and I wasn't sure where the cover was jumping mm. into this one. So I was kind of happy that it wasn't an Alanis Morissette cover. <laughs> I did, that never did. occurred to me. <laughs> I did, I did oh, have that one. It takes me back to um, <laughs> my college days where uh, the roommate across the room from me, a, a female who'd recently been through a, a breakup and just put that song on repeat for like two weeks. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. Um, yeah. Um, so, did you like your order? No, I mean, how does it? How does it rate for you? It's. Uh, I will. I went back and. It, it's okay. I mean, it's not. I can, I can skip it. Mm -hmm. I can, I can move ahead. Yeah. Um, it's if it's on, like if, if it's on, and I'm doing something. So a lot of we didn't. A lot of how I listened to this album was uh, on the airplane to yeah. get here. Yeah. And then I've had to sort of drive back and forth to a couple places. Yep. Not getting out of my car, mind you, mm. uh, but driving back and forth to a couple of places. And so I've, I've, I've dropped it in when I'm driving through the mountains here. Mm -hmm. And it 
it's kind of if I'm intentionally listening and I'm trying to listen for some key things, I found that I'll skip over tracks two and three. Okay. Um, to kind of, you know, after I've listened to it a couple times, I'll just sort of pass through those and all get right. to track four. And that's where I, I hang on, listen to that all the way through. Okay. Um, they're not, I don't mind them. I don't yeah. mind them. I don't dislike them. Like, I, I, I don't dislike them. Okay. But not my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't win as similar. This one has cowbell. So we've got some cowbell and you can't win. Um, I love the cosmic rumble here. Again, that's the highlight of the song for me is, is what the bass is doing. Uh, we've got our nice little spoken vocal effect in when he says, you can't win. Um, <laughs> and some nice tempo changes throughout that I thought made the song a little more interesting than you ought to know. So I, I quite like You Can't Win. Um, yeah, and again, we're starting to see some of the possibilities that this new lineup brings to the table. And though, so I don't know if you anything more you want to say on that, or we jump to Dark Chi. I'm ready to jump to Dark Chi. All right, so yeah. This is where I thought the, the new ingredients really mixed together um, the best yet on this album. Uh, it's a little bit of a faster song, but here we get those shared vocals. We get some harmonies, uh, some rounds in the chorus, and, well, we get some more cowbell. <laughs> more cowbell. <laughs> this one, first I feel like this one was also an insider there was one, I can't remember which one it was. There was an a track on the last album where I, I sort of said I felt like there was maybe a, a, there was an inside story going on there. And I feel like this is the same for this one as well. Mm. Um, but just lyrically, but there are some lyrics in here that I, I, I quite liked. And uh, but this is where the, the, the first notion of that idea that the layers mm. sort of where I, I took note of that. Yep. And thought, okay, this is where I see they're crafting. They're actually mm. there's some craft work happening in the creation of the song, and yep. some this wasn't something that was just jammed off in a in a room for four minutes, and they were just like, "That was cool. Did you record it? I recorded it. Yep. It's track five. That was this was layered. This was there was some effort put into this, yep. and it paid off. I think it worked. I do think yep. it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Good song. Um, Good Ackerman song, this one. So we've got, I guess it's a bit, little bit faster, so there's a bit more work for Ackerman to do and, and a great, another one of those great bass solo, guitar solo moments where they're both soloing together effectively. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, enjoyed that one. Perhaps, um, I mean, if we come to your favourite or your least favourite, let me know. All right. Well, that's that's not my favorite, but it right. it could hover up there. Yeah, this was certainly in the running. Destroyer was in the running as well for me. I, I forgot to mention the opening track was. Oh, certain, okay. Yeah. Certainly, and and Destroyer was the one that they still play live. Um, I get that. Yeah, that and um, the instrumental, which we'll get to soon. Are the ones that they still play live, but yeah, Destroyer is still on their live sets uh, from time to time. 
Mm. Um, I'll, you know, Dark Chi would be great to see live, but perhaps those sort of vocal rounds and the layering makes it a bit more difficult to reproduce live. Right. The other song that I've seen them play live a, a little bit is the next one, the cover. <sighs> Baby, I'm a Leo. Mm, that was a big sigh. Well, no, here's what I learned from this. Mm. I'm just, I'm not a Deep Purple fan, oh. is, what, is, is my takeaway from this. Oh, okay. I, uh, I, they, they have an affinity for Tommy Bolin and Deep Purple that I had never fully appreciated. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I was never, I never, and I, I never gave them their proper due. And so through listening to Atomic Bitch Wax, I find that I am paying, I am more intrigued and curious about Deep Purple. Right. And I kind of went down that road. Mm -hmm. And the, what I'm learning is like with something like maybe I'm a Leo, first off, they, they chose a, a, a deep purple, deep cut that I never would have stopped on mm -hmm. otherwise. Um, but then also realizing I, I like their version better Yeah, than the deep purple version. Oh, okay. You and like the bitch wax version. I like the bitch wax version better than the deep purple version. And so that mm -hmm. was just kind of a, it was, I guess it was just sort of a listening to the song was sort of a reminder to me that I guess I'm not really a huge Deep Purple fan. Oh, nothing against Deep Purple. Okay. Uh, just in the realization that I, if if Bitchwax were to put out a Deep Purple tribute album, I I'd get it. All right. But I don't know that I'm getting Deep Purple's Deep Purple tribute album. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I quite like this cover choice. Um, I like the fact that they didn't go for the ob more obvious. I mean, it's still off their most well-known album, but not the not the best-known song off the album. Thankfully, mm. I, had, I don't want them to hear cover "Smoke on the Water." No, no. Um, but my problem was with this wasn't so much the source material; it was the idea that I didn't think it added much to the original. Um, I mean, we discussed this last album where I thought they'd taken that uh, Atomic Rooster song and sort of given their own spin on it, sped it up and, and, and sort of filtered it through their, their bitch wax lens. But um, here I just, listening to the original and listening to the new one, I'm not sure that the new version added much to it. Now, you might have a preference for one or the other, but they're very similar, right? I mean, they haven't... The tempo is the same. I guess they've got some more modern production. They lose some of the effects that the original band had with the keyboard. I love... Look, to me, this acts as a nice mid-tempo break in the album. Um, I couldn't have had just more four-minute mid-to-upper-tempo mid to songs because they would have just started blurring into one. So it needed something different here, and I think it serves its purpose in that way. Um, it also has, I think, my favourite Finn Ryan solo. Now, I know he's covering someone else, but uh, there's a lovely shimmering quality to the guitar solo in this that um, I, I really liked. 
um, and, and showed some of Finn Ryan's melodic capabilities and, you know, um, and showed them off. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was quite a good song choice, but, yeah, my only gripe was I'm not sure how much it added to the original. Right. What you were saying about Finn Ryan and the guitar solo, mm. I'm about to echo when we move into Force Field. Yeah, now Force Field. Now, my, for the last two weeks or however long we've been listening to this album, my um, iTunes has been calling this Force Filed, F-I-L-E-D. <laughs> I've, I've changed. I've tried to change it several times. I mean, I, I've struggled with iTunes. I. I hated that program back in the day. Um, so, yeah, this is Force Filed for me. <laughs> it is Force Field, right? It is Force Field, yeah. Okay, all right. My, just, my computer won't let me change it. All right. Mm. Um, this, what you were just talking about with the last one. Yeah. So this one, I was listening to it. It's like, all right, I finally, we get our instrumental. It's got this cool groove. It's, yeah. it's doing what it's doing. And... And it's and it's playing and it it's almost like I'm listening to this song, in <laughs> it's it's multi dimensional it's like three dimensional layers the way that all of a sudden you you can even when Finn Ryan's guitar solo comes in you can almost hear it ripping through it's just like this searing solo that comes out and is is not even it's not even mixed in with the rest of the track it's like hovering above the mm. everything else that's happening below it and it just mm. sort of like rips through as this searing guitar solo and then as quickly as it's come in he does this thing and then it's gone and yep. we just go back and it's like that that whole other top layer that top film of this wicked ass guitar mm. solo that just came in out of nowhere and is now gone is just like vanished completely yep and 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 I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely an old bitchwax song, right? Yeah. Mm. Yes. And it's got there's a, there's also some um, nice Ackerman stuff in here. There are. Yeah, it's a fast song. It's a fun song. It's it's over quickly. Um, it's, yeah, great. This is great. So loved Force Field. Was it your favorite? I think, I think so. Mm -hmm. I do think so. I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Although, yeah, yeah yes, I'm saying that. It was, there was uh, the final running. I had three in the final running. And and we're going to see this when we get to the Brownlow for me, for me as well. But there were three kind of in the final running for my favorite. And, and I think this is, this is it. I think it was oh. this one. Okay. Yeah, I was tempted to give it to this one. But um, yeah, I'm I'm sort of interested in this album as a transition piece from old to new, uh, and looking for the vestiges of the old, um, but also looking for the moments when they've um, taken their new ingredients and remixed them in a new way. So this is certainly old bitchwax, and for that, and there's something a lot to be said for that. Like the first two albums were amazing, and it was nice to get this real reminder of. Of those two on this song um but yeah i've saved my favorite for one of the the new new ones just because i like bands that are evolving 
I'm curious to know what when we get there, if we've got if we've not gotten there already, what your favorite is because for this one it was between this one and 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 one that you were you were humming as we were setting up. Ah, but we'll okay. get to that. We'll get we'll get to that later. All right, let's get to going Guido first. Yeah. I I don't have much to say on this song. <laughs> what? A twelve bar blues song. I know. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm, this is my skip song. Yeah, me too. Mm. Um, it's it's fine. It doesn't add anything. It no. it was. It, it felt like filler to me. Yeah, I think this is the filler. The only shame I have with with this is it's got a really nice spacey last minute or so, which I really liked, mm. but I can never get there before I. Before I skip, I know we're supposed to be listening mindfully to the whole album, um, but this is the one that after I just don't have. I don't know. I've let, Twelve bar blues. I can, uh, you know, I can do without that when I'm trying to listen to a sort of rip roaring stoner rock album. So yeah, this is my skip song. Uh, it's not completely without merit. And uh, who will we to criticize, as we always say, but it's certainly my least favorite on the album. Yep, same. Mm -hmm. The Passenger. Bring us to the, the Passenger. This is the third song Hang on. that... <laughs> Some hand claps. It's Clap your hands, everybody. That's so... <laughs> This is the third song where I was talking about the first one. You ought to know kind of reminded me of early Queens of Stone Age. You Can't Win reminded me of early Foo Fighters. This one reminds me of early Black Keys. Wow. Um, even, even the vocal stylings are very reminiscent of the Black Keys, except for when they're doing that weird Kanye West, Britney Spears oh, vocoder. <laughs> sure. I don't know what – not not entirely sure what was going on. At first, first when I was listening to it, I was like, wait, are the – did they double the? Did they just not? Did they double the vocals and they're just kind of off? And is oh no, no, that's not what happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> not what happened. <laughs> oh man, why? Rem oh. I can't get past the vocals on this. I'm sorry. This has completely uh -huh. colored my whole view of this song. I I can't listen to this. The auto tune is awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and it, there's got to be a justification for it because it's only on the one song. Was it a joke? I don't know. To, I mean, it's. I mean, the lyrics are so, um, sort of vitriolic, acrimonious. You know, it's, to me, it's like <laughs> it's as if you've written a, a letter in blood, you know, and cursing someone and then written it on my little pony stationery. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it completely contradicts what they're trying to say with this. Right. Well, listen to the way we're talking about this and we call it Going Guido our least favorite song. Well, this um, maybe maybe I'd jump the gun. This does have some cool bass things going on. Yeah, I think the song itself is good. It's just that vocal effect that I... It's just the vocal effect, yeah. I agree. deal with that. Remind you know. Remind me if I ever have to write a sort of revenge song <laughs> for some reason. 
not to use auto-tune on the vocals. Yeah. The other problem is, I'm, the lyrics are about Mundell leaving the band, right? Am I, I'm not... Yes. So the other problem I have with this in, you know, with the wisdom of hindsight now is like, the lyrics are, how dare you leave us for Monster Magnet, you suck. Uh, and then <laughs> history tells us that in 2013, Kosnick... Uh, went and joined Monster Magnet. So, well, isn't all of Atomic Bitchwax uh, currently in Monster Magnet? Yeah, basically. So, yeah, this sort of yeah. down with Monster Magnet vibe of this song maybe hasn't. So, when I was talking about like for the moment, they're no longer a side project. They quickly become reenveloped into a side project again. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, I will say, what I had always it was through listening to the song so i had always kind of for whatever reason assumed that this band was a vehicle for chris kosnick and then as i started reading about mundell's departure it sounds like consensus might actually be that atomic bitch wax was a vehicle for mundell um well who's to say right but that part kind of, I guess, maybe left me somewhat curious as to why they kept the Atomic Bitchwax moniker mm. going forward. I mean, there's only three guys anyway, so, you know, two thirds of the band. Yeah, I guess it's a majority. You carry on with the name and yep. you've already got the label. You've already got the deal, this, that mm. and the other thing. But which I, I guess I don't know. I, but there was there. there's definite and I'm sure time heals all wounds. But at this point, there was some some animosity or acrimony towards Mundell, which is interesting as Finn Ryan is playing on this song about being mad about the other guy leaving. Yeah. It's like, well, you're, you're not mad. <laughs> <laughs> you're not got a paycheck. Yeah. I guess the other reason, just to continue that thought, the other reason to continue the band is they had the first two albums were so good that, you know, you've got an instant live show just by, by playing tracks off the first True. two albums. True, but this album is such an obvious departure from those two albums. Mm. And I guess that was part of the other reason as to why I was curious as to why they kept on the moniker. Mm. It's like you're, you're definitely going in a different direction here. Yep. Mm. Um, don't know the answer, but um, nope. maybe it's just a cool cool name. It's, it's why we chose them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we get to If I Had a Gun? Yep, let's do it. Um, this uh, one, the David Bowie "Let's Dance" intro, <laughs> I, kinda, <laughs> I was like, I, which I, the David Bowie, bless him, and "Let's Dance" and all that, and everything he did, but it didn't. It fell out of place here. Yeah, um, but I, I, I liked it. I, I was able to forgive it. Yeah, I really like this song, and this is this is the most different or than the newest of the songs and this is where i, I thought yeah the the all is not lost like certainly all is not lost when I mean, this is um a completely new direction but it works for me um it's so breezy is it a pop song i i don't know but i love i do love the, sort of the head bopping rhythm of the chorus mm -hmm. it's just it, it, it breezy i think is the best way to describe this yeah it, uh, it absolutely it felt it felt light it felt easy it felt nice yeah i Which um, isn't the the band i wrote down and i please 
bitch wax if you're listening. Don't take this as an insult. But the band I wrote down that came to mind was the Spin Doctors. <laughs> the Spin Doctors. <laughs> Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. It just... Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. <laughs> oh. I mean, this anyone right. can listen to this song and like it, right? It's yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just a good rock, poppy rock song. Yeah. I, it's, yes. It's so well written. Um, so, it's such a well written song. But I really like so, it. It. I agree. But at some point during the recording process, they did that th that opening to "Let's Dance" or whatever, sang over it. And what I'm trying to figure out was what when they left that in. Where they just all have around, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. That <laughs> <laughs> or was it more of a, I don't know, whatever, we did it, fine. Do, what you, do whatever you got to do. Like, what was the thought process of putting that in? Because it doesn't, that's it. Like, it's it's those first opening kind of seconds, and then it goes away. It doesn't come back in the chorus. It doesn't, there's no wraparound back to that moment. Yeah. But there was a decision to keep it in. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I'm, I've got a question for you. Now, as an Australian, if there is, if the letter R appears on the end of a word, <laughs> yeah, we treat it as if it's not there, right? Yeah. So the, we, word, the word closer, you, you say right. closer, we say closer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it, we do it with water as well. We're, water. we're hanging on that R. <laughs> We're hanging on to that R for dear life. Yeah. The, re not the rest of the word, the rest of the word is a cliff we're running over, and the R is the ledge that's just we're hanging on to dear life for. But I think they take it to extremes on this. I wasn't sure if they it was do. an accent thing or if it's an affectation, um, but a little bit closer. Is that some I, New Jersey thing, or what is that? Maybe, but I do I, I do like the way they kind of draw that out and sort of I do like the way they hang on that because they, yeah. they draw they they add additional even syllables, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they make that R into its own multisyllabic part of the word. Yeah. So um, I, they do it's yes, it's overplayed in the song, or at least over accented, but yeah. I like what they did with it. Yeah, uh, there's also some of those vocal rounds that we heard uh, in Dark Chi uh, later in this song. So again, the layering, the extra harmonising, um, and yeah, some of those nice new ingredients that that are on throughout this album. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, mm. This was their Which... single, obviously. If there had to be one. Oh, was it? I don't know. They've, I don't think they release singles, but if there was to be one, I would imagine this would be it. Ah, for some reason, I did think they. I thought they had a single, and I thought it was the Destroyer. Oh, okay. I mean, Destroyer is the one that your fans are going to love. This might be one that yeah, a radio station would play. Right, 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 right. <sighs> um, um, which brings us to half as much track Ralph ten, Buck. final track of the album. This Ralph <laughs> first, back. first up. We, he is, but this time he sounds like Optimus Prime with a tracheotomy. <laughs> it was, it was, oh, Optimus should never have smoked. <laughs> um, and the song has it. I feel like the song. I like the song. 
Mm. But I feel like it loses the thread. I feel like there's a minute, maybe not even a full minute and a half of of a good song in here. Yeah. And then it's sort of just it falls into the there it's as if I don't know if it was Kosnick or Ackerman that was like, wait, we forgot to turn on the space lasers. Yeah. And so they just tried to cram them all into this song. We haven't done any noodling. <laughs> Um, but the song's only like it, it goes to all these different places. And I think it's only like three and a half minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. That was my problem with this song. I actually love the start of this song and would have loved them to have just kept going with this. Even if they wanted to have yeah. that spaced out section later on, at least give us a couple more verses and choruses before you get there. I just felt they made that diversion a bit too soon. It's it, the song felt, I mean, half as much. It felt half finished. Yeah, it, it felt like yeah. Give it, give this a little bit more time, and they do. They do come back at the end, but it's mm. not. Yeah, yeah. It's a really. I think this is my favorite song for the bits that where it's going. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's probably. And I was tempted to give this my favorite overall. I, I actually like the use of horns in here as well. Um, yeah, just. The experimentation, not just with guitar sounds here, but to bring in some some different sounds and in that sort of freak out section, um, and then the, thankfully that the, the the original song comes back at the end. I thought there was a nice payoff when it did come back. Um, so I was tempted to give this my favourite song, but I think you've talked me down from that. Um, well, this this song is if if we had a most frustrating song, it would be this one because there were there's just there's too much. Um, there's a good song in there, and there's yeah. just too much sort of too much interference yeah. that I feel needed to be stripped away and let the song just be the song. Mm. Yeah, yeah, or just put put the freak out bit in one of the songs I don't like as much. <laughs> Get, give put it on going Guido. Yeah, put, your, put it all in there and, and just keep this song as a song. Put, put your traked up transformer and going Guido, and let's <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. Mm. So, all right, you've talked me down from this is my favorite song. I'll, I'll go back to Dark Chi as my favorite then, in hindsight, with the nice uh, new the new stuff. Um, Mm. And, and the cool solos and the and the Ackerman bit and more cowbell. Yep. Uh, half yep. as much I liked, but yeah, it's just not quite enough there. So we're through a little bit quicker today, which perhaps uh, is a reflection on the album overall. Perhaps um, you, if you want to perhaps summarise and give your overall thoughts on the album. It the overall okay so. I'll get into that, I guess, when we're going into the download metal. Okay. And if so, if we if we can jump there, right, um, I struggle I struggled with who to give my top position to, but I'll let you if you want to give your overall. Okay. Uh, I'll give straight to Cosnick, um, because I mean he's such I th he's almost becoming my favorite modern bass player after these three albums. I'm, hmm. Um, and especially seeing him live and, and just appreciating how much work goes into those those rumbles. Um, and then, yeah, I love the fact that 
it's not a guitar solo, it's a guitar and bass solo. Um, he's an outstanding bass player and um, I feel he's really stepped up in Mundell's absence. Um, he has a less um, forceful, if you like, uh, guitar player now, so he, he probably has to step up and take a little more of the limelight and I think he does it well on this album. He's also, by this stage, he's released two albums with Black NASA in the interim between uh, two and three here. So I, I feel like he's improved not only as a bass player, um, but also as a songwriter and a vocalist. I really like his vocals when he sings. Um, he's not just yelling now, he's much more tuneful. Um, and again, you can see in the live song when he takes over the chorus in Destroyer, that's him singing the chorus in Destroyer live and, and also some really nice harmonies throughout. So not just for his bass playing, um, but also for his improved vocal work, I give him the three. Hmm. Um, I'm giving Ackerman the two, and it's nice to hear him um, back, you know, a bit more um, up front in the mix here and some really nice um, fills and stuff that are really noticeable. Finn Ryan I like. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see how it's going to evolve from here. I think there's a lot of promise in, in Finn Ryan's style. I like hearing a different style. It's nice to hear a band that has evolved and changed their sound. Um, I think we're going to end up with a very, very different band if we continue in this direction than the one we started with. Uh, this, to me, is like a, a, a bit of the old, bit of the new, but hopefully we get more of the new and, it can, and the new stuff continues to sort of mesh and improve as we get into four and beyond. Um, I found myself having to search for Finn Ryan a little bit at times, uh, and often I'd be thinking, oh, hang on, he's playing a solo. I, I haven't even been listening to it, um, whereas Mundell was so in your face, like you couldn't hear, you know, you had to consciously listen to the other band members, whereas Finn Ryan is much less uh, in the limelight, but I, I think he's a very melodic guitar player. He's much less shreddy and... Um, howling than Mundell, but I still like his style. But, yeah, I think he, he is going to come into his own more in the later albums. I'll give one word on his album. Your thoughts? Mm. So here's where I was torn. I was torn between my three vote being Kosnick or Finn Ryan, and here's why. Ultimately, I, I went with Kosnick. But what – and the reason I went with Kosnick is, A, his – the the bass playing, I think that he has definitely he's definitely stepped that up. Um, and what you were saying to your point that he has filled in that void where where um, Mundell is left. Secondly, his I I do like his lead vocals. I do like the rawness behind them. But at the same token, I really like what he does with backing vocals. Mm. Like he's as as that sort of melodic support to Finn Ryan's lead vocals, he does really well and is sort of coming in and sort of driving home the the even the vocals on the chorus for a couple of yep. the songs. Mm -hmm. So I did end up giving it to Chris Kosnick because I see uh, like we've seen a definite evolution. This isn't just him trying to sort of pin pigeonhole what he was from the first two albums into this, right? He's, he has evolved as well. And it's shown on this album. But the reason that I was torn between him and Finn Ryan is that this is Finn Ryan has stepped into an already formed band 
and changed them considerably. Yeah. And I feel like I, it wasn't, I'm inclined to say single-handedly. Um, I'm not sure that it was single-handedly, but I, I do believe that there was, you know, Kosnick was absolutely a, a willing participant, but Finn Ryan had a huge influence on the, on the change of this band. Yep. And, and I think that that's notable. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then, and then my Ackerman, I was so excited to hear him back, but I, as far as the sound of this album, I feel like it was Finn Ryan. It was Chris Kosnick. And yeah. uh, so I went Ackerman for my number one. Yeah. We're losing Ackerman now. Oh, shoot. Are we losing him after this album? I think so. Maybe oh, I'm wrong. Okay. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk, talk about that next album. But it's, yeah. He's going to be okay. going soon, whether it's after this album or after the next, I'm not sure. But uh, the only traces we can find of him on the internet are as a, as a pastor. Pastor. Yeah, he just disappeared. That's one of those times when the uh, the R is very useful. A pastor, not a pastor. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he seemingly just disappears, doesn't he? Yeah, we don't know what happened to him, but um, <clears throat> maybe he can get in touch with us. Send us an email, Keith. We're here. We're ready for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall. In the annals of atomic bitchwax yeah or yeah i ap appropriately named number three mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of the three this is this is my but i don't here and again i don't i don't not like it mm. i i mean i do i do i enjoy the album mm -hmm. um but it's not my favorite of the the bitchwax repertoire no, certainly not. It's my least favorite of the three, but still a worthwhile listen. And yeah. I think, again, this is one of the merits of what we're doing is we've actually spent a couple of weeks listening to an album that otherwise we might have just said, ah, oh, a couple of listens and oh, I don't like it as much as the first two. I'm going to give up on it. Yeah. It's worth persevering with albums like this. Um, and, and those layers do reveal themselves on repeated listens. Right. What what are your we talked quickly, what are your predictions for number four? Uh, I'm expecting more of the new and less of the old as uh -huh. as they start having to write all new songs as Finn Ryan becomes increasingly um, you know, feels increasingly like an equal member of the band. Um, whether they whether there's more if I had a gun type songs I don't know, but I, I, I'm, I, I don't know that they will go too far down that road. I'm expecting more Dark Chi. I hope you're right. I'm, for whatever reason, I'm somewhat nervous about number four. Yeah. But I could easily talk myself out of it for the fact that I, I don't understand why this one is the one that's out of, that's, well, I guess number two to some extent too, but two and three are really kind of officially out of print. Yep. Um, one was brought back into print, which I got my copy. Oh yeah, uh, purple vinyl, purple vinyl. Um, one's so one's back in print. Two and three are officially out of print, but four never left print, from what I understand. Yeah, I think it was just a label thing. I think. Uh, four, okay, so it had um, nothing to do with. Okay, I, four is the one that I think makes me the most nervous. I because I feel like the sophomore slump. So I to me, this is a new band. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's almost like of the new version of this band. This is this is their first album, right? And so the sophomore slump then would be number four mm-hmm. is what I, I've, I've heard nothing from number four. I have absolutely nothing to, to base this on other than I hear the direction has changed quite dramatically. Mm. And so my assumption is the sophomore slumps coming with the next album and the hope being that it would pick back up again after that. Okay. No, I'm still, I'm still hopeful for the next one. Um, I really want to see where they take this. Um, Mm. I, I expect we'll start to, you know, some of those, I can't imagine they're going to bring Ralph bot back on the fourth one. At some point that has to stop. <laughs> Hopefully it's the end of the vocoder or the auto-tune vocals. Yes. Please. Um, yeah. I, I imagine there'll be a cover. There will be a cover. Will it I be Tommy Bullen or Deep Purple? We'll see. I imagine there'll be an instrumental or two. Um, apart from that, you know, will we get cowbell, hand claps? Um how far do they go with the breezy stuff and how far do they how far do they sort of stick to their roots will be will be this, what I'm listening for. And the space lasers I'm curious about because the spacey thing definitely makes more of a it, it doesn't go away. It's definitely apparent apparent in the in, in the covers of the next couple albums. Yeah. But it it did the the sounds the spacey sounds weren't as prevalent on this album as they were on the previous two. So I'm wondering if they incorporate that back in, or was that just kind of a Mundell thing? Yeah. Um, well, time will tell. We've got the exciting thing is now we can uh, put number three aside. I still don't have the physical copy, but I've got the tracks uh, available to listen to. Uh, I think are we now in the realm of Spotify as well for those. Um, for those podcast listeners that do want an easy way to access it, I think. Yeah, from here on out, everything's, yep, from four onwards, if you're on Spotify, if you're on, I believe, Amazon Music, if you're on Apple Music, the, from here on out, everything's easy to access. Yeah, so um, to all our listeners, um, yeah, stick with us. And, and now it's it, there's definitely no excuses for you to get the entire album. Um, my preference, of course, is still for the physical copy if you can if you can get it, and that's easy to get as well. Unless you live in yeah. Indonesia with some fastidious uh, conservative customs people. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. Good luck wherever you are in the world. We know what a difficult time is it is, and and you know the news seems to get worse every day. So um, we're uh, we're thankful for small mercies, and one of those small mercies at a time like this is is music, uh, and just the ability to be able to do things like this to to see our friends from the other side of the world and and to talk about something else for for uh, an hour or so is is just lovely. So thank you, Scott, for that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Matt. Um, and good luck as you come out of quarantine and start to get out into the real world. Thank you. We've got we've got one week left. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully those kids. One week left. If you're going to have fever, have at the moment, I guess cabin fever is the best type to have. 
right, right, right. I'll even uh, I'll even scrub down my my pop shield here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and uh, and you and you and your family be safe as well. Yeah. Um, all right, listeners. So yeah, grab yourself a copy of number four and uh, stay tuned. In a couple of weeks, you'll um, you'll hear our thoughts on the new uh, version of Atomic Bitch Wax and see where they go with this thing. All right. All right. Thanks, Scotty. Thank you. Bye. Bye.